Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. And in three, two, and one. <laughs> This week, this, 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 this week, this week, this, 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 this week, this week in Geek. This week in Geek, we discuss more movie lists. Exodia and manga. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of This Week in Geek. It's a uh, it's a shorter week this week. There wasn't a lot that really happened in terms of entertainment in the world. There's a lot of stuff that happens in the world, just not entertainment related. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, so um yeah, I, I don't know where to go from there. <laughs> how how you been, Kevin? Uh, I've been okay. I've been I I reorganized my bookshelf and I dusted recently. Um it did take me quite a while and I did procrastinate like a good manga reader. Like I I waited until like 2:30 to finally put my books on my shelf um last night so uh i finally got it like pretty pretty nicely set up there um i do have a couple of series that i'm uh gonna sell so i can make room for new stuff Mm. um but that is just kind of what's going on on the back shelf right now um i did end up getting a couple of box sets for myself i i found a good deal online so um it, the seller was local so i ended up picking it up from them but it was um the i had box set one of both naruto and bleach um but he was trying to sell off like the remaining bits of those series so i was like i'm gonna pick those up and so now i have the entire series of bleach and the entire series of naruto hmm. um and i've never sat down and like read through them i've i've watched like some here and there because that's like how it was when I was in middle school. Uh, I would just watch whatever happened to be on TV, but I would I never like truly sat down and like invested myself to watch like the entire thing uh, in completion. And especially now with Bleach coming back with the Thousand Year Blood War arc, um, it's about time that I like finally read through it for myself. And if anything, I could consider it. Uh, just like uh pre-work before the new uh, MOBA comes out uh hopefully later next year. So that's what we're looking at. Now when you you try to sell your stuff, um where do you usually go to to do that or to buy pe- the stuff that people are selling that you might be looking for? Is it like 
Facebook Marketplace? Is there a specific website? Do you just like post listings or or find friends who are looking for stuff? Yeah, mostly it's Facebook Marketplace. You just go online and just ask like, hey, like, do you want this? And if not, like, I would leave it up there for probably about a month. And then if nothing happens uh, completely, I, I would bite the bullet and probably go to like a half price books mm. and and see what I can get from it. But I usually want to give it to like, I, I would usually want to sell it to somebody who is collecting it. Because like, mm. I know some of the some of the series are a little bit tougher to get in completion. So it's nicer to just have it available um, and ready to sell in that kind of capacity. Um. But yeah, uh, what else is going on? Uh, during the week, my my dad's old. Okay, so my dad's best man's brother, um, works for Games Beaten, um, which is a kind of like a not a news reporting thing, but like they cover a lot of like gaming technology stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad was like, "Hey." you're not doing much uh do you want to help out on this event and i'm like i might as well i don't have anything else going on so uh i went and i volunteered at this uh at this event uh pretty much just setting up and giving people like their badges and checking ids and making sure that we're all good um but i did i was able to sit on uh sit in on a couple of their talks where it was talking about the two that i sat through uh the first one was the uh how is the metaverse doing um <laughs> and how can we make it better um well how is and, the metaverse doing they're like metaverse okay like in short the shortest way for me to describe it is metaverse is doing okay but the only way to make it better is to um the only way to make the metaverse better is to make it more accessible so the price of a headset is super expensive and that doesn't help with the quest three as well. Cause like the quest three is like probably like 500 bucks or something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. The vibes are like 800 and the quest twos were like the most affordable one at like 200 and $250 a, a piece, but that's still like $200. And most people can still think that the VR headset is used for playing games. And that is the main functionality of it but at the same time like there there's a lot of stuff that they can do in the in the space that uh if it becomes more accessible for more people i think more people would be on board with playing it and like giving it a shot and using it more of as more as a social network rather than you know gaming only there there's a lot more you could do with the space mm-hmm like it feels um, like it's prohibitively expensive sometimes. To yeah, have to get all all the equipment you need to actively use it. It's like how I no one got 3D TVs because you have to buy a 3D TV and you have to buy like all the uh, glasses for everyone who's potentially going to be watching. Then you have mm-hmm. to subscribe to 3D TV channels that specifically make 3D TVs or buy a 3D dvd or blu-ray player and then buy the 3d blu-rays there's just too much there's too much Mm -hmm. periphery going on yeah i totally like agreed with that point that it's expensive to try to go ahead and get to that point um 
and they need to make it more accessible for everybody so that way uh, more people can actually enjoy the uh stuff that's there um but yeah there was that and then i would also say uh actually the second panel that i sat in on was on um the emotional intelligence of games which is another really interesting discussion where mm. like right now most of the genre like if games were movie genres right most of them are like action adventure right yeah um, a, a good majority i would say yeah but there are a few games that really tackle like romantic comedy or um a, a lot of like outside kind of um outside and different uh options that people would be looking at so it's really cool to have them say like hey like also the platform that you release a game on determines what the main audience is going to look for um too so like if you don't for example like if you put a game on a ps5 a lot of a lot of like guys have ps5s because that's we expect games we play our games on the ps5 but it doesn't reach the female audience as well um because they're not actively like getting ps5s all the time um so they were saying if you release it on a PC or iOS, it makes it a lot easier for them to access that way. Um, but at the same time, like the difference then becomes like uh, like hardware wise, what can you provide um, on this certain platform? You know, like mm -hmm. you would only do so much that you can do with a PS5 that you can do with a phone, you know, uh, without it you know starting to overheat or even burn so a lot of people are looking into that as well and i think that that's a really interesting discussion overall it's like what can uh what can you get out of these uh sort of things you know yeah um but those are the two that i mainly sat through and then i had to go i went to my alma mater hung out with a couple of people and then had dinner so that was that was a play um but yeah uh overall it was a pretty good event uh a lot of networking opportunities a lot of people out there just to um chat and figure out like what exactly they can they can do um and connections that they can make so i thought that was pretty cool um it was cool to see uh some of the tech that people are talking about and seeing it in action here um but yeah, that that's what I did this week. Uh, how about you? How was your week? Uh, one could say it's been the worst week of my life. Um, my uh, I, my 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 dog died on Thursday. Um, it was not his time to pass, but I was uh not watching him properly, and I got distracted by work, and he walked into the pool. And that was the end. So I have been crying nonstop since last Thursday. It's been great. And then on Sunday, we were supposed to have the last sh um, show of our play Monster Mash. And um, two of our actors got COVID, so we couldn't finish that. So hooray. It, it's been it's been quite the uh, the week. I don't have COVID, thankfully. Um, 
but it's not been a very good time uh on top of also all all the awful things happening in the world right now so hooray (laughs) i'm glad you had a good week though and got to sit on a cool event yeah i i mainly just walked around and handed out badges what the first thing that they did was they told me like show up at 10 30 and i was like okay i showed up at 10 30 and then they're like yeah uh we have 600 badges Mm. Could you alphabetize them? I'm like, uh, 600 badges. <laughs> that's that's a lot. It's a lot of people. Um, but yeah, we, we got it done right before the event started. So How long lucky, did it take lucky you? us. It, it took us like literally up until one o'clock is like when they started <laughs> letting people in. And I was like, yeah, you're I don't think I, I'm going to have enough time to get this to you. <laughs> So, yeah, it, it was it was wild. All right, so let's get into the news of the week. Um, this first bit of news ties into why my week was awful, but um, the world's oldest dog, and again, my dog was also very old, but not this old. Sean was two months away from turning twenty, uh, so that that was quite a shame. But the uh, the world's oldest dog, Bobby, is no longer the world's oldest dog. Um, Bobby passed away on the 21st at the old, old age of 31 years and 163 days. The oldest dog, I think, who's ever lived, according to Guinness World Records. Um, but yeah, it's the oldest dog in history. So... Um, old dogs dying left and right, which is awful. Uh, I've been trying to cope by looking at okay. I've, I've, you know, what's, what's really shitty, Kevin? And this was like a, just a really shitty coincidence. So, yesterday was my first day back at work after it happened, right? Because I took Monday off mm-hmm. and uh, I had to reset some passwords or whatever, or like do like change some security things on on one of my work accounts and then it asked me to pick a a security question and you know what the first security question to pop up was what is the uh, name of your favorite pet <laughs> so it's just like okay fuck you universe <laughs> you didn't need to do me that dirty i didn't need to start crying at 9 a.m but here we are so could have made it a typical your mom's maiden name but no no, it had to be like, what is the name of your favorite? Yeah, that's not, that's, that's a dirty. So obviously I chose that question, but. <laughs> okay, so moving on. Um, I guess let's just go into the list now. We we, we do lists here at, at This Week in Geek. It's a part of our, our culture now because facebook decreed that i have to see a new ign list every week and be like oh this is interesting let's make kevin guess every week okay it's the the kevin guessing game time so i'm not um, good at these (laughs) you actually get like out of the top five you get at least maybe two or three every single time so that's pretty good like i would never expect you to get all five every time but sometimes you get like four at least um so this yeah you're getting better as long as you get one that's good because we're we're thinking a lot of these lists of all time so Mm -hmm. 
Um, so this list is the 25 best monster movies of all time, which is different than the 25 best horror movies of all time, which we did last week. These are like specifically movies with like a monster or or some creature or otherworldly being or presence in them. Um, so what do you think are the top five monster movies, Kevin, or creature features as as one could say? Because that's okay. really what they are. Creature features. They gotta, they gotta have some sort of like creature in it. That is, that is typically how it works. Um yes. so uh let's see, what what can we what can we start with? What what is like a I mean, I feel like Frankenstein, Dracula are all like classics. I don't know mm-hmm. if they'll put them in like the top ones. It it's just another IGN monster movies of all time, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, let's see, does it, does it say their criteria? Monsters that were influential on the art form of cinema when they were released, featured a unique and memorable monster or monsters, and still pack a punch today. Oh, pack a punch today. Okay. We will see what we have here then. Um, I'm going to rep. I I think we have to start with with one of the the better or like one of the original like creature features. I think you have to go. I think Dracula's on the list, and I think Frankenstein's on the list. I think those are one and not maybe not one and two, but like they're they're on there somewhere. Okay, so and Dracula. I'm I'm gonna put them on there. I think Alien deserves okay. a spot on there. And by, like, response, possibly Predator. Okay. I. I mm. So Frankenstein, Dracula, Alien, Predator. Um. How my how many? I'm just supposed to guess five. Top yeah. five. If you want to go for the, ten, you can. Nah, let, let's just go. Okay. If we're guessing top five, I don't think I'd put Frankenstein or Dracula in there. I think. It might be a little too low. Hmm. Um, I'm gonna put the original kaiju in there. I think people might talk about, uh, like Godzilla being in the list. So I would put Godzilla King Kong. I think those are good. We have Alien. That's three, and then we were discussing. Were we discussing horror films last? Yeah, last week was horror films. Like we last week was just overall horror films. Okay. Um God, I'm trying to like remember Which of what course was... there could be crossover here. Yeah. Um I think oh, we have to put a Cronenberg film in there. It's either the fly or the fly was kind of uh it's always <laughs> the thing. Like both of those are like ones that make you like feel it, you know? It's just uh <laughs> like, it, yeah it's just it's the body horror aspect of yeah it. um so i'm gonna put um god okay you know what we'll we'll put we'll put both of them in there let's put the thing and uh the thing and the fly so the fly the thing 
Alien, King Kong, Godzilla. Fly the thing, Alien, King Kong, Godzilla. Out of those, which do yeah. you think is number one? People probably would go like, I feel like Alien has the biggest reach out of all of them. So I'm going to put mm-hmm. that one at my one. Okay. All right. Let's, uh, let's take it from the top. So 25 best monster movies of all time. 25 is A Quiet Place. Okay. Because I don't I don't know what they called them, but the uh, those hearing things monsters. The ears. Yeah. The flappy flaps. 24 is Little Shop of Horrors with the alien plant, um, Audrey 2. Mm. 23 is Dracula from okay. 1931. Number 22 is Let the Right One In. And this is like, I don't know if a lot of y'all have heard of this one, but it's a, uh, is it Swedish or, or yeah, it's a Swedish uh, vampire movie. Um, it's talked about in a lot of film classes, but I don't think outside of like European film buffs or people who read film aesthetics textbooks would really know this movie. Um, 21 is The Wolfman from 1941. Number 20 is The Mummy, starring Brendan Fraser, Rachel Weiss, um, and um, Arnold Vosloo, which, that's a fun movie. Number 19 is Slither from 2006, which I've never heard of, but it's got Nathan Fillion, Elizabeth Banks, Michael Rooker, Jenna Fisher, um, and it's by James Gunn. Number 18 is Cabin in the Woods, which features a lot of monsters. Mm Mm-hmm. 17 is Gremlins, which I would not have thought to put on this list, but it is absolutely yeah. a creature feature movie or a monster movie. Number 16 is The Blob from 1958. Number 15 is Candyman from 1992. 14 mm-hmm. is Bram Stoker's Dracula from 1992, which is essentially, uh, it's still Dracula, but it's a different telling. This is the one with Gary Oldman in it, which I haven't seen. I actually haven't even seen the original Dracula, but I own the movie. Um, 13 is the 1933 version of King Kong. Okay. Number 12 is Cloverfield from 2008. I remember. Oh, yeah. Cloverfield. Solid. Yeah. That's like, I wonder if they're still going to continue the franchise. Yeah. Because they like every now and then they'll just surprise. Here's another Cloverfield movie. Yeah. Like you just don't know if it's coming, but if it does, you're just like, oh, okay, cool. Oh, he, Cloverfield, might as well. Um, yeah. 11 is Night of the Living Dead from 1968. Number 10 is Pan's Labyrinth from 2006. Hmm. Number 9 is Bride of Frankenstein. Okay. Number 8 is Predator from 1987. Okay. 7, An American Werewolf in London, 1981. Six is Jurassic Park from 1993. I thought this one would be high. Jurassic Park, yeah, oh, that, that's a good one. It's like the quintessential modern like creature feature. I think mm-hmm. number five. All right, The Fly from 1986. So you got one already. Yep. Number four, Gojira Godzilla from 1954. Yay. This is the original Japanese version of the classic of kaiju. The kaiju. Number three is The Thing from 1982. Oh, we're doing pretty good. You got another one. Number two is Jaws from 1975. Jaws, yeah. And of course, number one is Alien. Yay. 
so chest was that, burster. Like, what was that four out of five? You got four out of five. And you said you don't good. do well on these. <laughs> I, I I thought I I do I do okay. I didn't I didn't think I'd ace it, but all right, yeah, we, we got close. I'll take it. Pretty damn good, honestly. Um, so on on the topic of movies, continuing forward, um, SAG after folks are not allowed to dress up any way they want this Halloween if they are part of SAG after it, which you are still on strike because um the negotiations broke down last week. Um the actors said that the um or was it last week? Well negotiations have broken down. Um I think they're coming back to try to renegotiate again this week. But as it stands, the SAG after current guidelines for how to dress up on Halloween are and I'm just gonna read this from the uh the rules that were posted to the website. If you're looking for guidance on how to celebrate Halloween this year while also staying in solidarity solidarity with the TV theatrical streaming strike, um, you can choose costumes inspired by generalized characters and figures like a ghost, a zombie, a spider, etc., as opposed to being like a specific ghost, zombie, spider character. You don't post photos of costumes inspired by the struck content to social media. So like, no character based by an IP. Uh, dress up as characters from non-struck content, like an animated TV show. Um, yeah, that if you're part of SAG-AFTRA, those are your rules. You've got limits on how you can enjoy the spooky season this uh, this year. But I get it. Um, they're trying to show that the show the studios and and the producers that they need the actors more than the actors need them. Mm-hmm. And by not by having people not purchase their products in the form of costumes or to just not give any additional publicity to these um, franchises, it's hurting the wallet. It's hurting like their their reach, the re- brand recognition that that eventually turns into dollars, which is the only thing that these folks appear appear to pay attention to. Mm. Um, moving on to to more elon news um kevin if elon musk offered you a billion dollars to change your name would you do it a billion one billion how long do i have to keep it for a year at least minimum one year do i get to screen the name first he's got he's got a name that he wants you to change it to but like do i know the name before i agree to the terms yes you do Okay. It has to do with dicks, though. Oh, man. Because it's Elon Musk. Of course, it's got to be like some stupid troll thing. I'll be like, I'll be like, uh, like Richard Falacid or something like that. In, 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 in this like a close approximation of it without giving it away too bad. It's, uh, if he wanted you to change your name to Dickvin instead of Kevin, it'd be Dickvin Mm. or Kev Dick, something like that. Uh, not not for a billion. I don't think I could handle that for a billion dollars. For well, if it's a billion for like a year, and then I could change it back, I think yeah. that might be the play. It's a billion dollars. A billion dollars is a billion dollars. Actually, I I might do it. You could and join then the I'll billionaires just, club and just tell you. I'll just hide in a corner. Up. I'll just like keel over for a little bit and just <laughs> hide in there. And at that point, you have a billion dollars. Yeah. Um. So the reason I'm asking this is because. Elon Musk has offered the website Wikipedia, which we all know and love, a billion dollars to change their name to Dickipedia. 
a billion to change it to Dickopedia. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of that's one a lot of money, but also like no. <laughs> yeah. So I mean the owner of of Wikipedia um does not like Elon Musk. He's his name is Jimmy Wales, and he's said that several times that his website is not for sale. Um Elon said, I will give them a billion dollars if they change their name to Dickopedia. Please that please add that to the cow and poop emojis on my wiki wiki page in the interest of accuracy. Um Elon said, have you ever wondered why the Wikimedia Foundation wants so much money? Because they're always asking for like donations to keep the website running. It certainly isn't needed to operate Wikipedia. You can literally fit a copy of the entire text onto your phone. So what's the money for? Inquiring minds want to know. Um, and this is coming from the man who, as a joke, tried to buy Twitter and then got stuck with Twitter and doesn't know how to run Twitter. So he renamed it X and is just dicking around with it. And and literally ruined the website so this is this is who we're talking about here this is who's asking that question a man who has no brain and no right to really question it um this is a man who just buys things that are already made and never makes anything for himself um so then people kind of did some fact checking and they said that there are over 25 billion page views per month and over 44 million page edits a month requiring substantial operating cost um, the, the Wikipedia also uh, employs third final third party financial auditors who make public reports to show where and like the percentage of of what funding is allocated to whatever operating costs or, or whatever that Wikipedia is doing. Um, the or the operating costs to run the website and the organization in general that runs Wikipedia, which is the Wikimedia Foundation. Um, it costs $146 million to, to run that per year, I believe. Um, but yeah. Um, I, uh, on one hand, it's like, that's, that's a billion dollars to take, but then again, you're giving Elon what he wants. Yeah. And on the other hand, you could just be like, no, Elon, fuck you go away. But then you'd lose a billion dollars. I don't know if I would take it if it was me. If it was like me, that's a billion dollars, dude. It is a billion dollars, but like, like with that money, that's a company. Run... That's a whole company, though. I know, but like, well, they could run pretty much for ten years on that money, hmm. almost ten years. Is with, it with, with us? We could like live our entire lives on that money, but yeah, <laughs> is it just literally changing the W to a? D or is it like D I C K I? Oh my. D I C K I P E D I A. Dickipedia. Mm. <laughs> God, the dick jokes. Elon's such a. He's such a child in the worst way. It's not like he has the childlike wonder. No, he is the. Uh, the comedic sensibility of a. Like a fourth grader. And the world suffers for it because he has enough money to do stupid shit like this. Yeah. Last thing for me, um, Kevin, do you remember learning cursive? Yes. What uh, grade did you learn cursive? I think it was fourth both, grade. You, you grew up in California, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. So you learned you learned cursive in a, a specific singular grade, right? Yeah. 
Have you used it much since? No. <laughs> it's I used it like the only time you really use cursive is to sign your name on something, but yeah. That's about it. Um I had a friend uh who like you wouldn't know it by looking at him. He just looked at this like this. He was just an average white dude, right? You wouldn't know looking at him, but he had the most beautiful cursive. I have ever seen and whenever he, people would see him write and like he wasn't like he wouldn't use it for special occasions like he wrote like this on a day-to-day basis like his notes in class were in cursive so like people would just look at his writing and like why is this so beautiful why do you write cursive so well but anyway I remember learning cursive I learned it in third grade but my mom wanted me to know it beforehand so the summer before third grade she forced us to learn how to write cursive and I have not really used it since that side of like, again, like you said, signing my name. Um, however, in California, at least where you and I both are, um, a bill was signed into law on October 13th requiring that um, children between the eight grades of like first grade and sixth grade are going to be required to learn cursive at some point throughout those years. So it's not like how again, you learned it in fourth grade, I learned it in third grade. No, it's throughout first grade and sixth grade, there will always be lessons in cursive. And, and so they are continuing to practice that skill throughout that six-year period of time. Um, according to the folks who wrote the bill, um, the primary goal is to give the students the ability to read and write cursive. Um, one of the the people who was behind the law, Assemblywoman Sharon Quirk Silva, who was a former public school educator, said that she was looking through historical records and noticed that most of them were written in cursive. Um, quote, a lot of the historical documents going back two or three decades are actually in cursive. I went on 23andMe looking for some family records and they were all written in cursive. Um, so I guess... I mean, I don't even know. I don't know how applicable that is today because everything's typed out on screens or printed out on paper. So yeah. historical records are more or less digitized or, or standardized so that anybody can read them. Um, there's much less reliance on handwriting, but I mean, it's, it's not a bad skill to have. It's, it provides a little bit of dexterity and artisanship mm -hmm. and, and, and fine motor skill, I suppose. Um, but as a, as of last year, I don't, so I don't know if this is, I don't know if California was still a state that required cursive handwriting back in February, 2022, or this kind of makes it mandatory. Um, because I mean, we both learned it, but I don't know if it was just because our schools opted to, or because it was a requirement, but as of February, 2022, the national education association says that 21 states required cursive in public school curriculum. So, uh, I guess the kids are going to be learning how to write all fancy now. So, hooray. I think this yeah. is a good thing. Anyway, that's it for me. Um, Let's move on to your stuff, Kevin. All right. So there are just a couple of like nerdy things that I will point out that happened this week. Um, The first thing that got me the most giddy was uh, Exodia. Uh, Exodia, the Forbidden One, one of the oldest win conditions in Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, won multiple YCS events, or one 
multiple games in YCS this weekend in Indianapolis. Um, it was uh, a 50 card deck. It's not something that is like normally used um, and not something that you see often. Um, I mean, Exodia, the Forbidden One is is a very rarely like used win condition, um, but it was a Why 50 card that? deck. Uh, it You need all five pieces in your hand and you need to get them to your hand. So the fastest way, like the traditional way how a lot of people used to play Exodia was like you would get the pieces by drawing it. So you would get a bunch of cards that allow you to just draw your deck as fast as you can to try to get the card to your hand. Um, that was not the play from from the guy who won uh, this time around. Um, he had a 50 card deck, which is a very interesting number because like 50 cards means, you know, more cards you have to get through in order to actually get to the piece that you need, um, which is always like it's always another step that you have to worry about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't expect this to happen, you know? So he ends up running a lot of pieces that end up searching other cards and that card searches another and then so on and so forth until you eventually get to the piece that you need. Um, and that is how they played that out. It was a very impressive like play overall. And I was like, yeah, this totally makes sense. This is a, really cool and interesting way of playing out the deck and uh and getting it to work um but yeah exodia the forbidden one uh being used in a first turn like full setup board um and yeah it was it was really interesting if you guys do want to see the featured match where exodia is played just go on youtube type up like exodia summoned at ycs and uh you'll you'll get the clip for sure um do you think that now it's now that people have seen it and that it's a viable strategy, I suppose, do you think people are going to use it or is it just kind of a gimmick? I think it was a gimmick. It's really tough to actually like get it to work completely. So um, a lot more, it takes a lot more time to set up than you would, you would expect. So um, yeah, that's why I have it kind of like written down here as like, it's a very gimmicky deck, but there's, it's also that element of surprise of not knowing how to deal with it, right? Um, mm-hmm. Like, there there are a bunch of different decks that you could possibly run in Yu-Gi-Oh!, but you don't expect to run into an Exodia deck, um, especially at, like, one of the higher-level competitions. Yeah, because, I mean, like, aren't there, aren't there cards where you can, like, discard a, a card from somebody's hand? Or yeah. Or something like, destroy something in their hand? So, like, if, if you do that... And he's holding one of the pieces of Exodia in his hand, like that kind of ruins the entire game, right? For that guy, yeah, yeah, it fully like derails the whole play for him. So, because your um, whole your whole game at that point is based upon your ability to draw Exodia before your opponent can either catch on or do anything about it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that that is the entire point. So it is a really risky play, but. I mean, it happened this weekend, and that's not something that you get to see every day. So, and you uh, said this, and it happened multiple times, right? It happened multiple times. Like we we were lucky enough to see the matches happen live, um, like on the stream. So even the commentators were like, "There is like I have never seen a deck run Exodia in like twenty years," and I'm like, "Yeah, this is probably the last time I've seen like an Exodia like deck try to top an event." 
and it was round four. So both both people were three and three and oh. And then he's like, yeah, I'm going to uh, he does this whole combo. And you're like, oh, OK, he's going for he's going for this. And it's a bunch of like random pieces that supposedly work well together. And when you see it on paper, you're like, this makes no sense. And then you see it in action. You're like, oh, wait, maybe maybe this does synergize. And then by the time that like it actually gets up and running, you're like, OK, now this is I understand why this is the reason why they played it. Um the deck list is online if you want to check out uh Jeff's playlist or like the his deck list for the event. Um he did post it online, so um if you do want to see what kind of weird stuff he was running, you can you can definitely do that. Um moving from one childhood property to another, let's go ahead and talk about uh, let's talk about Pokemon. Uh, specifically, let's talk about the the one that tracks your sleep. Uh, Pokemon Sleep. Pokemon Sleep is having an event this weekend where, um, if if you guys are looking to get some more unique and interesting Pokemon, uh, this is the weekend to do it. Um, heading into Halloween, there is going to be a higher increased chance to catch any Pokemon during any type of sleep. Um. As well as a couple of like special event Pokemon, um, all Ghost type Pokemon will show up a little bit more often. So mainly it's the Ghastly line. I think they're one of the few that's like actually in the game. Um, so if you're looking for Ghastly Gengar uh, and uh, Haunter Middle Evolution, um, you could go ahead and do that there. Um, but also one of the more interesting pieces is a Pikachu with a Witch Hat. Uh, that is the only place where you could get it. So if you guys are into um if you guys are into Pokemon Sleep and want to get some unique stuff, uh go ahead and try it out there. I have not tried that game at all just because I have no I, I know my sleep schedule is awful and I don't have any more room on my phone. <laughs> I feel and that I don't want I don't want to like I know my sleep is bad. I don't want to know how bad it is because then I, I'm going to feel like embarrassed for myself. It's like, we got to sleep more, buddy. We, we got to do it. The the thing that I like about, like, I play Pokemon Sleep every night and I, I keep mm -hmm. track of, like, my sleep data. Um, But it doesn't tell you, like, oh, you almost died in your sleep. It's just like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, yeah, politely, like, you did not get, like, the best rest tonight. <laughs> like, you could... Like it, it could, it could have done better. Uh, not that I'm able to change anything about it, but like, yeah, that, that's it. And I'm like, okay, cool. I guess. Thanks for letting me know. Um, but yeah. Um. Overall, just like it, it just lets you know, like, hey, it it keeps at least it keeps me on like a schedule of like not being on my phone super late at night. Um, I only use it to just be like, okay, well, I'll put my phone to sleep. I'll just leave it over here so I don't get distracted mm. and I'll sleep whenever I want because Snorlax cannot bind me to a sleep schedule. Um, See, I would think yeah. that it would like keep me up and using it, but I, I guess like it makes you, because if you want to actually uh, get the most out of the game, you, you can't be on your phone. Yeah, right? so that's the that's the main thing. It's like I I take it as not like Pokemon. I have to fall asleep right now, or else I'm not getting like 
my stuff like efficiently. It's more of like it's more like I have to put the phone down so I don't like burn out my eyes, you know. Mm -hmm. Um that that's the way how I look at it. Okay, let's move on from Pokemon news to manga news. There is a couple of things that I was like keeping my eye out for, and one of them is Blue Lock. Um, if you guys know what Blue Lock is, it's been the big uh, soccer manga that's been going around making the rounds. Um, it recently, I think it was like the fastest to a million copies or a million issues um, worldwide. And so um, one of the cool things is the original holder of that title um, was the Attack on Titan artist. Um, and he did a like a really cool piece um like congratulating him on fastest to a million um and it was just overall like a really cool like piece of art um but because of that um there are going to be a couple of special edition covers to commemorate the the million uh the million sales mark the the fastest to a million sales mark um so uh if you do want to get it uh you're going to have to go and find it on books a million um, is one of the retailers. Um, they are, it, it's just like another like big Barnes and Nobles kinds of shop. Um, mm -hmm. If you're looking for something like that. Uh, and the other one is Crunchyroll. So Crunchyroll online, um, they are the, the, the remnants of right stuff anime. Um, they have the copy for, um, for this. So if you are looking for that, uh, go ahead and get it then. Um, it will like they're all different depending on where you go and then like the original one just has like the main character on it Um, this one will showcase a lot more of the players even on the first cover so um, I am already getting um, I'm already getting both of them because I, I like the I like the uh, I like the series and having multiple variation covers is really cool Um, so yeah um that's that for heads up news for the uh the blue lock covers so how has, make sure if you um, want your variations go get them how has crunchyroll been doing with the takeover of right stuff that that is a good question uh okay uh as a as a consumer of the uh of the space i think that it could do better um but i'm not like I'm not really afraid of how like I know that they have the inventory and I know that all they really did was take the Crunchyroll logo and slap it on the side of right stuff anime. Um, but the only thing that's like really different is the layout of the website. Um, it does take like it does take me a little bit longer to go through everything and to like scrub through everything and see like, okay, this is how this is supposed to operate, right? Like, this is where I could find, like, this manga at this price, um, and so on and so forth. So it does take me a little bit more time to get there, um, to go and find, like, certain series that I'm, like, constantly looking out for. Mm -hmm. But once it's, like, set and, like, ready to go, I think that, like, I think that as uh, Crunchyroll continues to, like, take its time and like build out the website a little bit better it should be another really good place to go for uh anime and manga so um 
I just I just think that they pulled the trigger too early or pulled the plug on right stuff anime a little bit too quickly without having the website be ready. Um, oh, okay. But I think if we give it time, I mean, they have the same like inventory and everything, so I don't think that anything else is gonna get like pushed too crazily out of out of the way. Um, and yeah, that that's what I have to say about that. I don't think that there's anything that's like ridiculously like broken or busted. So I I think that we're actually in an okay spot. It's just going to take time. Mm-hmm. It feels like, at least it sounds to me like they um they just wanted to to beef up the Crunchyroll brand, mm-hmm. just by acquiring something that they knew already works. Yeah, they they're not really contributing too much to it. It's more of like it worked. Let's slap our name on it. <laughs> um, but they just need to incorporate it better into their website, and then we'll all be set. Mm. Well, at least there's hope. At least it's not yeah. like they've ruined everything. Yeah, they haven't. They haven't broken it. They they just acquired it and now have to figure out how to make it work. Um. All right. Uh. Once again, manga releases. This is this is it to wrap up everything that's been going on here. Um. We have this week. We have Loser Ranger Seven. Uh. The Boxer Four. Skip and Loafer 8 and the Promise Neverland box set that all came out on the 24th. So if you're looking to add on a full series, go ahead and do that. Um, moving into the next one, um, as for next week, there's only a couple of things that I wanted to keep in mind. Um, the first one is Dress Up Darling 10. If you guys like that series, um, it hasn't like it was originally supposed to come out earlier in the month. It got delayed until the end of the month. So Make sure to go ahead and pick it up. And I mean, if it's if it's a manga about a cosplayer, like it's it's kind of fitting that it comes out on on Halloween. Um, yeah, out of all so, the times to come out. Yeah, like Halloween night is probably the coolest one to to time it with. Um. So yeah, that's that's exactly what's happening there. Um, I have to get the list for what's coming out in uh what's coming out in november because there are a couple of like really hot dates that we have to keep in mind but i don't know if there's anything like crazy that i need to like add to the list immediately um so i'll be i'll be keeping tabs on everything for for you guys so don't worry about it have you made it through uh the 10 books you bought last week yet are you still powering no i am still getting through it um i i've read a lot of them um and I I like where like one of the biggest ones that I'm I'm a fan of is Akane Banashi. Um I'm a big fan of Rakugo, which is a uh it's an anime or no, it's a uh traditional storytelling like art form where you have one performer on stage who's performing dialogue for all the characters. It's like a one man show, but you have to do it complete while kneeling the entire time. Um, so it's kind of a it's kind of a different form of storytelling, but it's a really cool way of like telling stories. And I was really excited to have another series about it because um, one of the original series that I followed had that as 
one of the main things and now it's become something bigger so um really excited to read more of that that came out um recently so we have a little bit more to go off of now is that really it for the week are we done that is it yeah i don't i don't think that we have much else to really cover um it really was a short week in the world of entertainment damn yeah so uh any any, any life advice for us kevin anything you want to add how 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 do we i don't know how uh, uh, just for for my person my personal just because it's topical and, and sad for me how did you um in the face of not to depress everybody but in the face of losing a pet how do you move on <laughs> Uh, the, the best way is to like create a, create a memorial for yourself, but not only for you to move on, but, to also like, it's also helpful for your family too, to know, like, you're mm-hmm. not just like being like, you're, you're taking care of yourself, but you're also trying to like enjoy everything that's going on still. Um, it's also to like honor their life too. Like, uh, my dog passed away, like. I wouldn't say it not recently, but like um suddenly. That is probably the better word. Um Yeah, I remember. He was literally just running around and then he had like a heart attack and passed away. So um that's when when that happened, it's I know it takes a lot of time to like recoup and like get back in the right space, but um I do think that if you if you take your time and you uh you know really appreciate what the pet gave you over the course of your life you you'll gain a lot more out of it at, at the very end hmm. okay yeah pet memorial would be nice we uh yeah we are waiting on the veterinarian office to send us the paw prints that we ordered because mm-hmm. um i i guess not every vet will do it and not every um pet i guess treatment center you can call it will We'll do that, but um, this one, this one did. So we're doing that, and how I'm coping as best I can is that I am writing like in a journal every day and like consolidating my thoughts on uh, on on the dog and thinking about a, a pupper. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's how I've been coping, but. If that's it for the week, um, thank you everybody for tuning in. Sorry to end it on a little bit of a, of a sadder note, but um, I'm raw and fresh, so let me grieve a little bit, guys. Um, but thank you for tuning in. Hopefully, um, there'll be more stuff to talk about next week. Hopefully, and you enjoyed another IGN list review from us. Um, I think they're fun. I hope you like them. But um, thanks for tuning in, guys, and we will catch you soon. Adios. Next week, we bring you the latest news and stories from around the internet. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to us and rate us five stars on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also follow us on all social media at TwigPod, that's T-W-I-G-P-O-D. And feel free to send us any questions, comments, or any suggestions of topics you'd like us to cover. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at Believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week in Geek. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. 
Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.